0: The year 2015 was not a red-letter year for police and some of the communities they serve. In city after city, the names of people killed by police or dying in custody were chanted like battle cries by protesters: Eric Garner in New York, Tamir Rice in Cleveland, Laquan McDonald in Chicago, Freddie Gray in Baltimore, Iselle Ford in Los Angeles. Here in LA, police shootings just about doubled from 2014 and crime rates rose after a years-long lull. Today, Los Angeles Police Chief Charlie Beck joins Mayor Eric Garcetti to talk about those crime rates. They'll probably be asked as well about Islamic State terrorism in Southern California, and the Chief's recommendation of criminal charges against an officer who killed a homeless Venice man, news that emerged after this interview. Here's Chief Charlie Beck for Pat Morrison Asks. Charlie Beck is the chief of the Los Angeles Police Department. He is entering his seventh year as chief. And it's always a pleasure to have you across from me at a microphone at a table.
1: Well, thank you very much, Pat.
0: The big subject on many people's minds since the December 2nd attacks in San Bernardino is terrorism. Here is terrorism now in Southern California.
1: Well, you know, the the reality is is that is that our enemies have uh, shifted their efforts and and we have to be aware of that. You know, they have moved to uh to a recruiting uh posture where the, where they they try to radicalize uh, individuals uh, through the internet and inspire them uh to uh, to follow the tenets of ISIS and reach out and cause terror. And that's what happened or appears to have happened. In San Bernardino.
0: What changes does your department have to look at now that, as, as Michael Downing, who's the in charge of the anti-terrorism effort for the department, says that iconic symbolic targets are not now as high on terrorist priority lists as killing high numbers of people? You're thinking of malls or festivals or the Long Beach Aquarium was the subject of one exercise.
1: Well, you know, we try to be more agile, uh, to have a smaller uh, sets of resources available and put a high profile at, at places that we think. Uh, maybe likely targets given the new paradigm.
0: Is it all about numbers, or is there something else strategically that you can do?
1: Well, it takes numbers to do this because you you know you, you have to go to multiple sites. The, the sites are not as easily predictable. They're you know they're not as static as uh, as we would have thought in the past. You know, it's not like it's not all about uh, protecting uh, Disney Hall or or the Grove or, or any one place. It's about having the ability to protect every place and to respond to every place. So you have to have uh, agility. You have to have numbers. You, you have to have good intelligence. You have to have people that recognize patterns uh, as they pop up um, and, and are able to adapt and, and respond. You know We've led the nation in that kind of training, and, and we will continue to do it.
0: Uh, the LAUSD canceled classes on the basis of a threat that was the same as what New York got and decided not to.
1: Well, it wasn't exactly the same as what New York got. By the time New York got their threat, they were in second period. They couldn't cancel their classes if they wanted to.
0: And our former chief, of course, Bill Bratton, now the commissioner in New York, was critical of Los Angeles taking the action it did.
1: He was, and you know that's uh, that's Bill's prerogative. I you know I I, I talked to uh, uh, we we've communicated, and and uh, and you know Bill has. He's a he's a great leader, a great mentor of mine. You know, I, I think uh, given his uh, stature in the, in law enforcement, you know, he has a, the right to his opinion.
0: You were uh, evidently giving your advice to the LAUSD, and the mayor didn't say what that advice was. Can you?
1: No, I've already said I won't say what that advice was. And if I gave you advice, I wouldn't tell anybody else either. People that have to make tough decisions uh, get advice, you know, from... Uh, multiple sources, and they should get the advice from the best sources possible. And and I think that uh, Ray Cortinas did that. And then he has to make the decision. He is the one responsible for the decision. He is the one that has to live with it. He is the one that will be judged by it. And I think people need to understand that. And, and to, to second guess a rational decision, you know, it certainly wasn't something out of the realm of, of response. You know, I, I think that that I ask, I always put it this way: if you were taking your your uh, young person to school and, and you knew that uh, that a threat had come in about uh, about a mass shooting uh, in the school district, would you drop your kid off or would you take him home I'd take mine home.
0: topic that comes to mind is the topic of crime rates and that they have gone up from one year to the next, violent crime up almost 20 percent, property crime up about 10 percent. We've had a very long period of very low crime rates, and this came as something of a surprise.
1: Well, I I think that a couple things have to get recognized, you know, that crime is a a, a function of a a lot of things in in society, Uh, some of them uh, within uh, my control, some of them external to my control. Uh, I, th- I think when we look at crime this year, um, in in retrospect, we'll see crime across California increase, uh, not just in Los Angeles. Uh, certainly, crime in LA County and uh, and our neighboring cities has increased, and and all my indications are that, that crime in all the major cities of California ha- have increased, and and this is after, uh, as you say, you know, historic lows. But I think one thing I want to emphasize is context. You know. The, we are still in the lowest crime rate era of my lifetime. Uh, When you look at crime per capita in Los Angeles, it is still lower per capita in the city of Los Angeles than it was the year that I was born, 1953. And uh, homicides, because they're a number that are easy for folks to grasp rather than 100,000 or so uh, part one crimes, you know, 283 homicides in the city of Los Angeles this year. That's 200 less than Chicago had, which is a city of uh, of a million and a half less people than Los Angeles. It is uh, on track with our five-year average. uh, And if you exclude the preceding five years, the years that I've been chief basically, you have to go back to 1967 to, uh, to find a year when homicides were lower. And that's not per capita. That's number of homicides. So, so I, you know, I'm not trying to downplay the increase because it's uh, I own it. It's important. It's it is something that that we need to exhaustively examine and have exhaustively examined, and and see where uh, where we can make adjustments and and get back on track to lowering crime every year. When we look at property crime this year, you know, the bulk of our increase is in vehicle-related crime. We've had a We've had a downtrend in vehicle thefts uh, for the past six uh, six years, and and this is the first year they've ticked back up. And we've also had an increase in in car break-ins, and and these are these are the, exactly the type of crime uh, that is um, characteristic to the, the the type of folks that are not uh, spending time in jail due to Prop 47. And I'm not going to. I can't draw a direct line correlation, but I can uh, take by inference, uh, and by uh, by the example of, of other cities in California that are affected by 47 and have seen similar increases, that that this is part of the causation. You know, and, and I I don't want people to take this as as that uh, that I'm condemning the you know wholesale Prop 47 because I also think we incarcerate too many people. But but if you don't put them in jail, you got to get them help some way you know, uh, uh, drug addicts, if left uh, to their addiction, um, are likely to res- are much more likely than the general population to resort to theft uh, and and petty crimes. And, and that's what we're seeing. So we need, you know, uh, we need an avenue by which uh, we can uh, force people into treatment. And, you know, when, when you're talking about addicts, these, these are folks that desperately need a roadmap and guidance, you know, they, uh, that that's, that's what gets them into this circumstance. So, if the court can't provide that or the, or the police can't provide that, you know, then, then we're, we're, we're doomed to fail. We're, we're looking at a couple of things, you know, that, that, that I think are very promising. We're doing uh, uh, what we call a, a pre-arrest aversion. In other words, you take somebody to custody for narcotics and you make, you, you arrange that the, that the charges won't be filed if they complete a program. And then they, then they avoid the, the total consequence of having an arrest on their record and they have an incentive for completing a program, and so this this past year, you know, we all we've had is the negative aspects of 47, and none of the positives. You know, none of the none of the accelerated treatment, none of the, the system wide programs that, that could make a difference in people's uh, behavior. And so now we we are you know we are going to we're going to demand, and 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 uh, are hopeful that those things start occurring. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! No justice no, no justice, no peace!
0: Prosecute the police! No justice, no peace! Prosecute the police! One of the other numbers that has come up is a near doubling of police shootings. 23 in 2014, 45 in 2015. A lot of outcry by Black Lives Matter across the country, certainly not just here demonstrations at police Commission meetings what to say about the rate of police shootings and and to this general new climate of concern and even anger from some quarters
1: well you know I, I mean it is absolutely true that that we've had many more police shootings this year than last year but but we are not that far uh, from our uh, five-year average and and we have not uh, are not even close to the levels of shootings we had in 2011 so you know these I mean I I don't want this to be um, taken out of context. You know, uh, we had 48 shootings uh, last year. Uh, That's a lot of shootings. Every one of them is important to me. Every one of them is investigated. Every one of them is looked at um, as stringently and as as painstakingly as as is possible. But given the context of of our scope of business, that, you know, that we make, um, you know, Hundreds of thousands of enforcement contacts every year. You know, are engaged in the investigation of a uh, thousand shootings a year. We recover six thousand handguns a year. We live in a in a, a society that that a small proportion of folks see violence as the only solution to conflict. You know, that has to be looked at. You know, and uh, so so we will, uh, as always. Um, Uh, try to learn from each and every one of these shootings to to limit the number of of times that officers use deadly force. But officers are confronted with deadly force quite often.
0: Anything to be done in terms of public um, transparency, accountability, things you might want to change in how you talk to the public about these?
1: Well, we're going to have a a very in-depth summary and... and, uh, Analysis of of uh, our shootings that, that the president, of the police Commission and I will deliver uh, to the media at the end of this month. We've seen a tremendous increase in in incidents that are obvious suicide uh, uh, by by cop. We've seen a, a huge increase in in our contacts with folks that have uh, uh, mental disabilities uh, that that are that uh, not only combine uh, mental illness but uh, but alcohol or drugs. Um, you know, we are seeing some trends that that uh, that are very difficult for police officers to deal with when you know when, when they have split seconds to make a decision. and and to think that police can can somehow go about their business of preventing that violence and responding to that violence and and arresting people who commit that violence and never be involved in it is is um, not realistic. You know, policing had a difficult year last year, not just in Los Angeles, uh, maybe maybe even less so in Los Angeles but certainly nationally and and you know this national conversation about policing is something that that uh, that I am very interested in and and and, am, and involved in at a national level and I think that oftentimes uh, Angelinos um, don't see the 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 picture of, of how far their police department has come uh, you know we are certainly not a perfect organization but but many of the many of the changes and and strategies that are, are being used for police accountability across the country have been in place in Los Angeles for years.
0: President's uh, executive action to help close gun show loopholes, purchase loopholes, do you think that'll help?
1: Well, you know, um, yeah, I think it will help. The state of California d- does pretty much all of that already, but our neighboring states do not. Uh, you know, I think that uh, that limiting uh, the flow of handguns, especially the easy flow of uh, of handguns and assault rifles, uh, is an, an important first step. But but recognize that you know there's over three hundred and fifty million guns in circulation in in this country already. You know, uh, um, it's important to 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 realize that, that there are more than enough guns to last uh, till the end of the earth in in this country, and, and we have to do something about addressing that, and you know, and, and I think that's that is a, an important piece nationally. The way guns guns go to crime is is very different, you know, in a, in Chicago and in on the East Coast, uh, uh, guns go to crime uh, through gun stores and straw purchasers in, in, in Los Angeles. Guns go to crime through burglary, mm-hmm. through breaking into cars, gets stealing, stealing guns from houses, and you know that, that. Of course, this is not an an absolute, but it it is it is the majority. So we have to look at ways to limit that. And, you know, nobody's um, been exposed uh, to more gun violence than me in in an urban setting. You know, and I I have uh, the difficult task of of leading the people uh, in this city who are most likely to be the victims of gun violence, and that's Los Angeles police officers.
0: Body camera rollout was slowed by the city council, which was surprised at how expensive it was going to be. What's the status of it now?
1: Well, we're waiting for uh, to to, uh, to do some uh, hearings before council, and, and hopefully we'll be able to address their concerns. You know I think that uh, all of the the monetary figures that have been given out are are five year figures. you know I think that they will save far more money than 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 we invest. I think they are an important piece to police accountability to to community confidence uh, to all of those things. I, I and I know that the the council thinks that also.
0: There were objections to the notion that officers will be able to review video before they write up their reports. Why do you think that's important that they should be able to do that, considering that people think that one version versus another version is an important part of any investigation?
1: Well, you know, there are there are multiple ways by which officers refresh their recollection during an investigation, whether it be note-taking, whether it be tape recordings or or video recordings, you know, and I think officers— uh, should have the ability to accurately transcribe evidence into uh, into an investigation.
0: Now, probably the most controversial question, so what's why I saved it to last. <laughs> Which team should come to Los Angeles, Raiders, Rams, or
1: Chargers? Well, you know, whatever team comes here, and I won't pick one because that's not fair, uh, but I will say this, whatever team comes here... I think that they have to accept uh, the uh, the the challenge of helping to reduce youth violence. You know, football by its nature celebrates violence. You know, it is a, obviously it's done in a sporting context uh, just as in boxing or or mixed martial arts, but but make no mistake, it's a violent sport. And and oftentimes uh, young people, particularly young men um, cleave to that, and find role models, in, in the people that participate in that, and so they need to be the right role models. And and uh, whatever team comes here, I I want to ask them, and I and I have asked several of them already, uh, to be part of that conversation, to be part about uh, talking, you know, that that violence uh, is not something for the street, and that that. Disputes can be solved in means other than by a firearm, and you know this is a, this is the tragedy of Los Angeles. You know we lose hundreds of young men, uh, sometimes hundreds. This time, this year, probably a little less than, than that, uh, to gun violence over meaningless disputes every year, and and that has to stop. And and these football teams could be a part of that. <laughs>
0: Chief Beck, it's always a pleasure. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Pat.
0: Pat Morrison Asks is produced by Pat Morrison and engineered and edited by Todd Levin. The protest audio comes from Signal Video Productions in Minneapolis. You can read the transcript of this conversation at latimes.com. I am Pat Morrison.